Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Eric. And today we're reading short and deep La Chaise Galerie, uh, also known as the Bewitched Canoe or the Flying Canoe. Um, and uh, I don't think that that's a good translation of the title either. <laughs> Any of those are a good translation of the title. Eric, you know much more French than I do. What? How would you translate the title? Um, La Chasse part of the title means the hunt or uh, or the, the chase. Uh, it, it, it means hunt, really, uh, but yeah. chase in the sense of uh, a horse chase. You know, as a, you, you're galloping along someplace. Galerie does not work, uh, but it turns out on a little investigation uh, that the presumption has been that this particular legend, which uh, Beaugrand is uh, Henri Beaugrand has uh, written up for us, was the story attributed to someone named Galerie. So oh. La Chasse Galerie is Galerie's Wild Ride. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, yeah, I don't think I credited the author um, when I mentioned it. It, it is a folktale, though, that's been turned into a story that we're reading. And uh, so... Things change in, in in the different versions, but I, I really like this version. Um, you weren't familiar with it before I I pointed it your way, did I? I, I was not. Right. I was not familiar with this. I have encountered the wild ride before, but not <laughs> not this. Yeah, I, I like this version. It's it's kind of gentle. Well, that's a crucial difference. The story of the wild ride is um, these these sort of demonic hunter types who either um, steal human beings or uh, prey on human beings, or if you join them, you become something somewhat uh, supernatural and not nice. Uh, mm -hmm. This is quite the opposite. This is a lovely, lovely deal with the devil. <laughs> yep. And uh, uh, it has a, a really nice framing as well around it. I, I really like um, I'm not talking about the framing uh, in the magazine itself, but I'm talking about how it's a story told 30 or 34 or 35 years after the events, and um, and it's on the same night of the year as the the previous supposed events. But there's a lot of uh, drinking and sleeping and cursing. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this story. So <clears throat> the story, as you say, is set. It's got an outer narrator and an inner narrator. The outer narrator says, well, this is how it begins. Since, since you seem to desire it so very much, I will tell you a roaring story that ought to be a lesson to all of you. Uh, and then he speaks for a bit. Um, and he tells us that the story happened to a guy named Joe, who's the cook at a lumber camp. And he had been a cook for, the, for 40 years. But this happened earlier. So he had at this point been a cook, you know, a few years when he tells the story. And then most of the rest of the text is Joe telling the story of what happened to him. So I have a number of questions here. One of them is, why do you think that it is a framed story like this? Mm -hmm. uh, 
Another question, which maybe is a simpler one, so let, let's start with that. It is a folk tale. When exactly is this version published? I mean, I, I looked at all kinds okay. of things, and I found uh, I found conflicting dates, and the illustration in the, the PDF that you've put up for us mm-hmm. is uh, it, it may be an illustration from the year of the original publication, whichever year that is, um, but it apparently is as a painting, something that's held in the in the National Museum of uh, Beaux Arts, uh, the uh, the National Art Museum in Quebec, and mm-hmm. there it's dated 1906, which is later than either of the dates for original publication. Yeah, I think that that either that date's wrong or that painting's a reconstruction because I took this straight out of the pages of the Century magazine, August 1892. Um, There are better versions subsequent uh, to the one I put up, but it is straight out of there. And there are two illustrations in this story. We know that uh, it was published in 1892. How How do we know it wasn't published in La Patrie in 1891? It's very possible that it was published in French first. Um, ah, La Patrie was fr- a francophone magazine. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Century Magazine is an American magazine, which is uh, would have serviced Canada as well. But uh, there, there are special pains made uh, in this publication to point out that this is set in Canada, and you know it's a French. Uh, so there's a lot of French in the story, but it is for an American audience, is my guess. Great. So what we're looking at is an erstwhile oral tale that a French Canadian first published in French, but then changed into an English tale. And so what we're looking at is the original English language import. I think that that's correct, yes. The first time it would have been written down as an English version of a French-Canadian story. Got it. You want to tell us the story? Uh, yeah, I'll give a sort of a brief outline if I can. There, There is this uh, chef or cook at a um, shanty town, but a shanty town here doesn't mean maybe what we think it does. It's a lumberjack town. A little camp, actually, in the woods of northern Quebec, or middle of northern Quebec, I guess. Um, And they're on New Year's Eve, uh, drinking, making, waiting for the food to finish cooking. They're going to jump over a pork pork barrel later. Um, And while this is happening, uh, apparently the lumberjacks want to hear a great story. So... Uh, the frame is the cook telling a story of how it was. Back- the frame isn't the cook telling the story. The frame is somebody else. I'm not sure about that. I think the cook is the framer. Well, it says maybe I'm wrong. That's, this is perhaps a problem. It's why I'm asking about the narrators. In that first section, it says, Joe the cook was a homely little man who laughed at his own physical defects mm-hmm. and who did not take offense when his comrades chaffed him on the subject and called him le bossu, the hunchback. Right. So, so someone is saying that, and clearly it wouldn't be normal for it to be Joe. It wouldn't be, but then uh, there's uh, there's no quotation marks anywhere either. Uh, that makes it a little harder. What do you mean there are no quotation marks? At the beginning. There, so it starts, Well then, since you seem to desire it so very much, I will tell you a roaring story that ought to be a lesson to all of you. 
right. if there is among you any in the crowd a renegade who intends to run La Chasse or the Loup Garou, he had better skip and go outside to see whether the owls are screeching in the storm in converse with the old Nick himself, because I intend to begin my story by making a big sign of the cross. Right. And so he says, I, that narrator, and then he refers to Joe. And then that's the end of section one. Then there's Roman numeral two. And it, it, the story, the inner story begins with quotation marks. I had, quote, I had slept for quite a while when I was rudely awakened by a second boss, Baptiste Durand, who said to me, Joe, it is past midnight. Right? So it sounds like that that is the Joe the, speech right? and he has quotation marks around it. Yeah. yeah Everything he, he that does. follows in section two on is Joe speaking. So I'm thinking that there's someone else who's speaking who knows the story of Joe. And he just. Speaks. Yeah. So but I want to know then what's their relationship. Why does well, why does I'm not sure it's not the author. Big pardon? I'm not sure that it's not the author. It's it's hard to say. But it, it does have these layers and layers of of sort of distance from the original story that I think are intended that enhance the sort of how, how believable is this sort of story? So belief is clearly a crucial issue here, so I shouldn't have interrupted you, Jesse. What is it we have to have to test our belief in. Okay, so this is a story of a flying canoe. Uh, the lumberjacks get it into their mind in back in 1824 or 23 to uh, go and visit their best gals uh, quite far away. Um, a trip that would take three weeks during during uh, if they were carrying over land or six hours if they can get their canoe into the air. And so they make a deal with the devil, um, who doesn't actually show up, but who they they somebody knows how to run the formula, and uh, they make their journey, flying through the sky over Quebec. I'm not I'm not doing a, the story a very good summary. Why don't you try and polish it off there for us? Well, this 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 boss, Bat, Baptiste Durand says, you know, we're getting ready to go. We're going to make a deal with the devil um, and we'll be able to fly. We'll paddle the canoe through the air. We can go 150 miles an hour so we can go 300 miles away to see our sweethearts and give them a New Year's Eve kiss. We can get back and in between we can have a couple of hours there. Uh, the rules are, though, that while they are using the devil's services, as while they are in his canoe, um, they may not speak the name of the bon Dieu, good God, I presume by this, they mean Jesus. They can't say the, the word Jesus. So if something happens, they can't go, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, they can't do that. Mm-hmm. And as they go skimming along through the air, they may not touch the cross on the top of the steeple of any church they pass. They've got to do this. They can go do what they want. And then get back to where they started. And if they get back by six o'clock in the morning, then presto, they will have beaten the devil because that's the deal. Those are the givens. So they go out there. You have to have a balanced canoe. That's why Joe uh, has to join them. Uh, it's got to be two per side you know, as they paddle through the air. Uh, he gets there and uh, Jean-Baptiste, uh, uh, sorry, Baptiste Durand knows what you have to say. And it's this uh, magic potion 
Acabri, Acabra, Acabram. Then you voyage par-dessus les montagnes. Uh, so it's basically abracadabra, alakazam. Um, mm-hmm. Make us able to travel above the mountains. And whoop, the canoe begins to rise and off they go. They tumble out of the canoe. They, they land in somebody's uh, field. He tells them everybody is across the river having a dance. They get into the canoe again so they can cross the river in the air because it's winter and you know difficult travel in Quebec. They go to the dance. They kiss their girls. Um, they, but in the course of it, Baptiste Durand has gotten drunk. And it's not easy to control this guy. And he is he's the leader. He's the the bosun. He's the the pilot. Um, So Joe sort of substitutes for him. The real problem is he might talk and he might say the name of the good God. You know, he may say Jesus Christ or whatever. So they tie him up and they gag him and somehow manage to go off with him trussed up in the bottom of the canoe, but they run into some trouble and the canoe falls out of the air and they tumble down through the trees just short of their, the place they have to get to back to by six o'clock. And they're just short of six, but they're also just short of the landing. However, when they wake up after this disaster, I mean, they've all been knocked unconscious. They are in fact back in the shanty town, as you call it, the, the lumber camp. And some of them even have black eyes. So, you know, they really got hurt falling through the pine trees as they fell out of the sky. Um, But they never told the people who saved them and brought them in what has gone on. In fact, it's not clear at the very end whether they ever took a trip where they Mm -hmm. just all got drunk, beat each other up. But, you know, the group jumps the pork barrel to bring in the new year. And Joe then ladles the molasses onto the fire so they can begin the celebratory taffy pull, which is what these men alone in the woods are going to do to sweeten their lives at the beginning of the new year. Is that about catch it? That's pretty good. Yep. I'm, uh, I, I do love all the framing that happens. So, um, it starts with that, that quote about, uh, to run La Chasse Galerie, Right. It's a thing that people can do or and this, this is the one that made me sold me on the story or the loop garou, which is never mentioned again in this story. But that's the werewolf. Right. Correct. That's the French word for werewolf. And it's like, oh, you want to run the loop? You want to run La Chasse Galerie? OK, you can do that. Or you can run the loop garou, which is like, uh huh. And a lot of a lot of what goes on in this story is the moralizing of of Joe, who who now is sort of a a temperate fellow, even if he's uh, uh, had a difficult life that's transformed his body into a hunchback. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's <laughs> maybe that fall from the sky helped um, transform him into a hunchback as well. Um, he's become he, he used to um, hold with. Uh, no, as he says, uh, I'll read this part. I go to the confession regularly every year now. And what I am about to relate took place years ago. And then I feared ni Dieu nor ni diable. I didn't fear devil or God. Any devil or uh, any God, right? He calls himself um, uh, a pendoia. 
Yeah, and he also, he says, under the influence, right, he says, uh, in those days, people drank a lot more. <laughs> um, right. He says, um, in preparatory to relating his experience under the wiles of mauvais esprit, right, bad spirits. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff in here about, you know, being sort of a bad dude <laughs> and um, being least, a guy who didn't a, care. At least a sinner. He was really a sinner. Yeah. And in fact, he says, every year now, I go, every year I go to confession now. <laughs> Once a but year, back, whether he needs it or not. Right? That's right. But back then, right, um, it, uh, I believe it's the... Um, the foreman who hadn't been to church in seven years, hadn't been to confession in seven years. Which is a good biblical number of years not to go to profession. It is. And he says, that was a little too much for me. It was true that I was a mauvais sujet, which I'm translating as bad dude. Sure. <laughs> that, that I did not practice la religion and that I took to drink too much now and then. <laughs> but between that and the fact of selling my soul to le diable, there was a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So, he calls, yeah, I'm so a bad dude, but I'm my soul to the devil. Right. So I was, uh, he was a bit um, put off by the idea of, of running La Chasse Galerie. Um, and I'm not sure that it was to balance the canoe. You said they needed a... Well, that's what, uh, Jean, that's what Baptiste Durand tells him. Right, but I think... I think says you have to have two men. It's got to be one on each side. They already have seven people. Or eight, right? You can't have seven, not because you need to balance it as much as you need to not have a number that's maybe unlucky, right? There's a lot of interesting about, like, it's funny that they're not allowed to touch crosses, right? But even on the ground, they're not allowed to touch. Why would they touch the tops of churches? Well, as they fly over... That's how they navigate, right? There's that's the steeple of this town. This town has two steeples, and there's the double steeple of our target, right? There's a lot of uh, this is hyper religion Catholicism story um, that is very much a, makes it a Quebec version of of the Wild Hunt. Sure, and it makes it um, it makes it like. These are these are bad dudes, but how bad are they? <laughs> all they want to do is go hang out with the girls, and all they want to do with them is have a New Year's Eve kiss. I mean, this is these are exactly. not exactly murderers and rapists. No, <laughs> no. Um, and uh, you know, and even, can you imagine a bunch of of rugged guys saying, "Hey, you know, it's New Year's Eve. Let's have a taffy pull." That's right. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty tame, right? It is, and um, yet. You notice the name of the, uh, the the second boss, the one who enlists mm -hmm. Joe in doing all this. It's Baptiste Durand. So mm -hmm. you know he's someone who is either baptized or a baptizer, but his baptism is Durand, and Durand is something that is um, well. We we know the word uh, duration, something that takes mm -hmm. a long time, but it also uh, means hard or. Um, it, it, durable. It was well. It it means durable. That's one. But um, it, it, if you want to say that something was dur, it means it was difficult. It pressed in on you. Um, mm. So he had a tough baptism, and this may in fact have been his baptism. <laughs> it may not be just Joe 
who decides to go to confession annually. Uh, it may be that Baptiste is grateful that he is able to come down off the tree and not have died. Or to pick up your religious aspect of the story, all of these people wind up hurt on their crosses, but their fellows bring them back into a sense of community and they are they regain their sense of life. They are they die and are reborn. They fall out of the sky as Jesus comes down and is born um, and becomes human. Um, there's a lot going on here that makes it quite a Catholic mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's the it's the so Quebec is a, a different kind of Catholicism for a long time than than the rest of the world. Um, it's cut off from France and the. The things that happened there, the revolution, the French Revolution never happened in Quebec, right? So it's living under that. And it, they, there was something in the 1960s called the Quiet Revolution, where basically Quebec, Quebecers finally got out from under the power of the Catholic Church, which was ex- immensely strong, um, as strong as it was in the Middle Ages in, <laughs> in Europe. Um, and so you can feel that in here, that the, the, being a rebel in Quebec is not going to not going to uh, get confession, right? That's like, ooh, he's a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> For us, we don't think that you know maybe that maybe you might think it immoral, but you you just be a bad guy just by not going to church uh, to give confession. And I I love how playful it is with this because, of course, they're drinking in the framing story. Um, but back then, we drank a lot more. And there's even lines about how how uh, you can drain a, a, a big barrel by small drinks, right? right? Many small drinks. And there's uh, connecting this to the rivers is, you know, it's a very, uh, it's connected to the voyageur spirit. And that's all in the background here. But I want to read the uh, chap- part of chapter three where they've made the deal with the devil. And then the description of, of the flight is just it's terrific because <laughs> it, it, it the they've worked out the math right um in the in chapter two it says don't you know that la chasse galerie we can travel 150 miles an hour it's they're 300 miles away from where they want to you know kiss their girlfriends um so they have to get up in the sky fly at 150 miles an hour in a canoe and then land, and then you know they can party for two hours, and then get back in the canoe and and paddle back. So, I want to read this part here. It says, "We went faster than the the wind during the first fifteen minutes. We sailed over the forest without perceiving anything else than the dark heads of the great pines. It was a beautiful night, and a full moon lighted up the sky like the midday sun." It was terribly cold, though, and our mustaches were fairly frozen, while our bodies were all in perspiration. We were paddling like demons at work in the lower regions. We soon perceived a bright, glistening belt of clear ice that shone like a mirror. That was the Gatineau River. And then the lights in the farmhouses, which were mostly lit up on New Year's Eve. We began passing uncovered steeples, uh, sorry, tin-covered steeples, as quickly as... as telegraph poles fly past in a railway train, and the spires shone in the air like the bayonets of the soldiers drilling on the Champ de Mars in Montreal. Um, on we went like tout le diable, all the devils, right? Or tout le diable, tout le diable, 
all the devils passing over forests, rivers, towns, villages, and leaving behind us a trail of sparks. It's it's just wonderful imagery. Yeah, it's lovely. We feel it a lot. Um, but it's fun, right? I mean, it is. You know, we went. I mean, he says so. Joe is so innocent. He said we were paddling like devils down in the nether region. Well, by golly. If you had touched one of those steeples or said the name of Le Bon Dieu, you would be devils in that lower region. Uh, he doesn't make the connection in a, in, a, in a funny way, just as he doesn't seem to realize that going to confession once a year doesn't really do the trick. <laughs> he, he's he's an, an innocent. And in a way, we know that because when he goes to the dance, he sees his his. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend. I mean, the the woman who with whom he thought he had a relationship is blonde. Right. She's a blonde um, talking with some other person. Um, but then he had to sneak out because they couldn't let people know what they were doing. He sneaks out of the dance and he he later says, I think she must have been on. You know, she must have resented that because when I saw her a year later, she was married to that guy. Right. So. He he never winds up married. He never winds up with a woman in the the carnal sense. At least we kind of believe he's always an innocent. This is a cute story. Very and cute. It ends with another candy pull. It so does. you know you have to ask with all of this niceness, the flying here and the flying there. Maybe it's all just a confection. It's just it a is. nice New Year's Eve story. It, it is, um, and yet you know the. The, the tall tale is something that men out on the range, you know, men out in the woods, um, fishermen out on the ocean, right? This is sort of a, a standard way for, a, for an old hand to, to play with the, the new guys, you know? Yep. You know, there's, so there's a lot of biblical imagery here. And there's no reason why the things that, that we know from dominant cultural institutions can't sneak their way into into fun. I mean, that's what the carnival is, after all, mm-hmm. right? It's it's taking the what's inside the church and bringing it outside and and making it into a sort of ironic mockery, but not ultimately at the heart of the church. It's a way of letting off steam, but you still feel it as a sort of um, it's connected to the religion. It is the, it's the religious comic relief. But also going on here is the fact that we're talking about a group of, of men who uh, presumably are, are young and strong. I don't think that the feeble or the uh, enfeebled by age or anything else are likely to be lumberjacks in the mm-hmm. middle of winter in northern Canada. I mean, it's just not a good place for the and the week. So you've got a bunch of strong, vigorous men whose work includes going out and, you know, doing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And and they're alone. So, you know, why are they willing to make this deal with the devil? Why are they willing to risk it? Because, geez, no, please let me start the new year with just one kiss from a girl. Mm -hmm. Now, as they going along, um, the enchantment of the trip had braced me up and I was ready for anything. Already we could see the lights of the great city and with an adroit stroke of this paddle, Baptiste brought us down to a level with the summit of the towers of Notre Dame. Okay, so we've got all this religious stuff. Um, I cleared my throat 
that's Joe speaking because he's been asked to sing. He says, mm. Joe, clear your whistle and get ready to sing Canot de Corset, which means a canoe made of bark. Mm -hmm. So these are lumberjacks and you can't sell the bark, but they can they can they can use the bark as the Indians do, the natives, um, to make a canoe, which allows them to go. And apparently Canot de Corset, we're supposed to believe, is a is a real story, I mean, mm -hmm. is, is a well-known um, folk song. Folk song. Yeah. So I, I read it and it says, mon père n'avait fille que moi. Right? My father had no other daughter than I. Canot de Corset qui va voler, uh, the bark canoe that is going to fly. Et dessous la mer, il m'envoie, and above the sea, he sent me, Canot de Corset qui vole, qui vole, qui vole, Canot de Corset qui va voler, right? The, the bark canoe that flies, that flies, the bark canoe that is going to fly. So I'm thinking, my father had no other daughter than me. How does the canoe de Corset fit into this? And it seems as if, just the way ships are often called female names, mm. it seems as if the canoe is the female. Mm -hmm. My father mm -hmm. had no other daughter than me, the bark canoe that's going to fly. And, you no, know, he set me over the sea, right? Il, right? Mm -hmm. Sous la mer, il m'envoie. So the men are in the woman as sailors mm -hmm. are in the female ship. There right. are the, the feelings of suppressed er eritism in this, um, but it never gets to be, you know, a masher or a rapist. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just this lovely thing. Oh, goody, I get to go in this nice boat and she's keeping me warm and snugly and I fly over the seas. Uh, this is a way, I think, of taming what might have been very, very potentially violent pent-up passions. And we see the potential for passion being um, exploding in the necessity to, to truss up and gag Baptiste Durand. Mm. It may not be that we just have to think of this as a deal with the devil. It may be that people, in fact get themselves in trouble and get thrown out of society by, in fact, being pendal, by being worthless people, rogues. And these guys once maybe were, Joe was, but they're restraining themselves. This, this whole story is a lesson in dealing with those, those passions, mm -hmm. um, toying with them, but, but then not actually falling prey to them, I think. But I also have, if that sounds reasonable, two questions for you. Mm -hmm. One is, what do you think we make of it? When this was first published in La Patrie, if that's where it was published, um, it would not have had two languages in it. The French right. would have just been French. And when someone expostulates in French, it would have just flown right in. But here it's in English, except for all of these French pieces. Is that just local color? Um, is something else going on? That's my first question. My second question is the outermost narrator, whether it's Joe or not, says, no, here's a lesson you need to learn. And in the penultimate paragraph, it says, uh, 
wait until summer. Here's the lesson. Wait until summer before you go to see your sweethearts, for it is better to run all the rapids of the Ottawa and the St. Lawrence on a raft than to travel in partnership with le diable, the devil himself. Mm -hmm. And I have to ask you, so two questions. The one is, what do you make of the fact that there's so much French in this English language version? And remember, the, the author knew both languages. And the second is, why is that the lesson? Nothing bad happens to anybody. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I think the French is in there because it is a, a very, very insular French story. It's about being these guys. And you need that throughout. I mean, there, there's not a paragraph that goes by that French isn't thrown in, right? They're not friends. They're camarades, right? Right. Um, you need that background in there. And it, it's in a kind of immersion. Um, it's it's a very, very Quebecois story. And you can't just take it out of Quebec and have it be a story about Americans in a canoe. It wouldn't work. So he keeps as much of it in there as I think uh, is needed to really immerse you fully in the story. I, I don't know how it would read in French. I think it would probably have less of that, of the sort of the background material that is in there. And, or maybe not. It's hard to say. I'm not sure that, I'm not sure, I've never read the French version. I don't know that there actually is one other than I've heard that he wrote in both languages. Um, and this is a very famous story. So, there's that. What was the second question? Are we really supposed to get a lesson out of this? Because uh -huh. it doesn't look to me like anybody had anything bad happen, I except like that, for Joe losing out on his girl. Well, I like that. I like that it begins and ends with sort of a warning by Joe, um, and he says, "All I can say, my friends, is that it is not so amusing as some may think to travel in midair in the dead of winter under the guidance of Beelzebub." running La Chasse Gallery, and especially if you have un ivron, vron to steer your bark canoe. A drunkard. Yeah. Take my advice and don't listen to anyone who would try to rope you into such a trip. Wait until uh, summer before you go to see your sweethearts, for it is better to run the rapids of the Ottawa and the St. Lawrence on a raft than to travel in partnership with Le Diable himself so oh, I, I get that that's the, what he asserts is the lesson, I, but I don't see I how think, the story shows us that it is I think that, that, that this is like um, uh, the old guy giving advice to people who are like I don't think this is a true story <laughs> um, but who kind of get the message anyways this is a way of getting the message in underneath and the message is um, I'm teasing you here um, you should be more critical <laughs> And uh, maybe look a little deeper. Which, of course, is what we would do in order to find out that there is always more to say.